the Bears Nation Podcast, powered by ONTAP Sports Network. How about you? Well, I'm sitting here eating my pancakes, thinking about moving number one. Really? You'd consider a trade? I'd consider the right one. Bears Nation. Overall, just really excited. We got better as a football team. You know, that kicked off with a trade. You had a player like DJ Moore who can help us right now get better. I was over the moon about that. Walker fires downfield, looking for DJ Moore. Oh, oh my God. God! It's a diving catch for a touchdown! Wow! I think everybody's level can reach a new level. I was talking to Mooney about being together with Chase, and I was just going to elevate the offense and just elevate Justin at the same time because I'm here to just make everybody around me better, and we're just going to try to go get some wins. It's the Bears Nation Podcast, the pre-draft edition. Here's your hosts. Kevin Lapka, Kellen Garenstein, and Jake Hassan. It's Bears Nation, baby. Let's go. Bears Nation podcast. It is Wednesday, April 19th, and we are eight days from the NFL draft. Myself, Jake Hassan, joined as always by Kevin Lapka. We are here. We're going to go through a big board. We said we were going to do a mock draft, and we said, you know, why don't we wait? We don't want to be redundant with our mock drafts. So instead, we're going to go over some new stuff, go over, you know, everything that everybody's talking about, and we're going to do our big board. And we're going to go through everybody that we think is a fit for the Bears at number nine, or maybe later, and then talk through it, talk through the prospects, and see what we think. So that's what we're going to do today. Next week will be our final mock draft ahead of the draft, obviously. So be sure you tune in for that. But Kevin Lapka, how are we doing? Let's do it, baby. Eight days. Come on. I'm telling you, it creeps up. Every year, it just creeps up. I don't know how it happens, but it just creeps up. We're almost here. I am ready because things are – the rumors are swirling, Jake. Things are circling around. I came up with an article yesterday on, on Tap Sportsnet. If you're not following Good. them, check them out. All of your Bears, Cubs, Bulls, Blackhawks, White Sox news on Tap Sportsnet. That is the destination. They are sponsoring us, so shout out to them. But I did write a little article. That was a miss by me. I didn't, yeah, that was I, a miss. I, yeah, that's a whiff. It's by okay. Me. It's okay. You know, you 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 long oh, no, day for you. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not in my usual spot. As you, if people who are watching live may notice, not in my usual spot. I'm not using my usual mic. I'm different scenario right here. I am currently dog sitting. This guy, <laughs> as he shows the dog. What kind of dog is it? That is a great question. I don't think he even knows. Um, and now he is going to come over and say hi. Is it okay. a bulldog? It no, it's not. A no, bulldog. he's just a little little homeboy. But anyway, right. so not my usual setting, but that's on me. ONTAP Sports, obviously, <laughs> we love you. And we are brought to you by ONTAP Sportsnet, um, as Lefty heard his name and is now over here. But anyway, uh, we are brought to you by ONTAP Sportsnet. This is Chicago at Bears Nation Podcast. ONTAP Sportsnet is your home for all things Chicago sports, including this lovely podcast. Kevin, you were in the middle of a thought. <laughs> Yeah, so I wrote this article on Ontas Sportsnet yesterday, did some decent traffic, and it was uh, about the possibility of the Bears taking a player at nine who most people have not even mentioned, and a position that most people have not even mentioned. And as we get closer to this date, and we're kind of hearing a little bit more, right? We're hearing the rumors about a possible trade down, and I'm kind of reevaluating what happened last year and rethinking everything, right? Like, I wrote in the the lead of the article, the pre-draft speculation for the Bears has been dominated by three things, four things, Jalen Carter, the tackle position, 
defensive line and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like those four, like outside of those four things, there's been no no conversation, and for the most part, for good reason, to even consider cornerback, to even consider safety, to even consider running back, right? And to even consider a majority of the wide receivers who are not named Jackson Smith and Jigba. I get that, but when you look at the draft tendencies for Ryan Poles from 2022, and you kind of reevaluate where the Bears are at, and we've kind of been doing this the past few weeks when we try to figure out what direction the Bears might go, and we've come to the decision, you know, as a podcast, you and I, that look, the Bears aren't in a position right now where they have to go position of need. There's a very good chance they go best player available, and because of the opportunity now where four and and some mocks, even five with Hendon Hooker skyrocketing or whatever, quarterbacks going in the top 12, you're going well, to get an unreal prospect at nine if you stay there. So I just real quick on the Hendon Hooker thing. I don't know if it's so much he's skyrocketing. Yes, he's doing his meetings and people are saying that they're high on him and that he might get into the first round. Um, and I think that's not more so Hendon Hooker driven as it is, hey, like there's going to be some chaos at the top. You might get, you know, three, four quarterbacks is the first four picks. Like you might, it might go uh, Bryce Young, hopefully Will Levis, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson. So, you know, and I say the Will Levis thing because I might be financially invested in certain areas, but that's not about, that's about, um, you might oh, have no, four wait, quarterbacks. Wait, 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 Do you, wait, did, did you say Levis second overall? Yes. Um, if you listen oh, to you better, God. you bet. If you listen oh, to you better, you God. bet. You may have, you might, you know, you might learn some things. So we may, as a show, have taken a little bit at a big price. Well, so Kevin, here, here's the thing, though. Myself and Tyler Morales took this bet, and, and as well as others, obviously, Nick Costos and Ken Barkley. Uh, well, Ken Barkley was on vacation last week. This, that's not important. This isn't You Better, You Bet. This is Bears Nation Podcast. But, and now this is going to be really quick. But at the time, Will Levis was 20 to 1 to go second overall. Okay. We had heard that maybe you might want to bet this now, just in case, because hashtag value. Will Levis is now plus 275 in some spots to go second overall. So it was more of a, hey, this number is going to come down. It's 21. It's not going to stay that forever. Let's be on the right side of this. So he might not go second overall. Probably not. But if you believe what's being said about the Texans not maybe taking a quarterback at two overall, and that might lead the Colts to trade up or somebody else. So that's all. It's just, it's about, and if you listen to Beck all day, you better bet you'll learn this. It's about being on the right side of the move. That's all. I'm not saying for sure, don't, but you want to be on the right side of the move. And at this, in this particular situation, we were able to be on the right side of a 20 to one dropping to about three to one. That's really good value. And you feel really yes. good about it. Because it might not be incredibly likely, but in the event that it happens, it, we're not out there bet three to one. We have one bet at twenty to one. That all right? Like let's let's do this then. So yeah, you you know we we joke that we have a prayer circle going for it right now, but that's what it is. It's a prayer circle. It's not very likely. Um, but anyway, just to wrap up the Hendon Hooker point, he might you know maybe Houston is saying, hey, let's get him at twelve and let's trade out. You know, because Houston does have that twelfth overall pick. We talked about it when the Bears held the number one overall pick, and we talked about trade scenarios. But, you know, so that Houston might be saying, all right, we'll trade to, you know, Vegas or to Indianapolis, and then we'll trade down to stay in the top 10. And then we'll take Hooker at 12 and we'll take, you know, Peter Skaronsky at seven or Paris Johnson or at eight or whatever it may be. 
So that's all. That's just something that I think that that's where that is coming from. I just went on such a tangent. I, no, yeah, it's good. And real quick, as before we get into this top ten list, we're going to do our top, basically our big board, which is not that big. It's just 10, 10 of our, our. It's a collaborative list. Jake and I put together our who what we believe are our top ten prospects um, for the Bears, who we think are available at nine. But before that, real quick, what you're talking about, Will Levis and CJ Stroud. When I saw this tweet today about. Some of the things that are being said about Stroud around the league, right? Uncoachable. Um, you know, work ethic maybe isn't 100% there. It's Is it not just an exact carbon copy of what happened to Justin Fields in 2021? Like, it seems like the exact same thing. These these rumors well, that are... Also, no it's it's also CJ, well, it's also CJ Stroud having the same agent as Deshaun Watson, which people are now that is, Okay. That, because right. of that, how that deal was structured and blah, blah. Uh, that's that that's fair that that's definitely part of it but all this stuff about him being uncoachable like these are things that i, I have no basis of fact and all of a sudden like you're gonna see a town there's you're right like if teams get scared about those things like they did with justin fields i don't know what it was like i i will at some point in life they have to make a documentary of how justin fields fell so far right i mean s- seriously like uh, it, what was it I mean that he was my number one overall so, uh, pick in that. Well, draft. Kevin, you were a little biased as well. But like at this point, the gap—I don't think there's even a gap right now between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields as a player. I really don't. But that's a different uh, conversation. For, uh, that's a different conversation for a different day. I, you know, come on, that's not. I shouldn't be surprised. You shouldn't have that reaction. You know that that that's where I was. Sorry, about yeah, that. Trevor. The team was better. They invested $80 million into the team last year. But, I mean, you get as far as the quarterback takes you in a lot of situations. Right, but Trevor Lawrence wasn't spectacular. He's good, but... I believe that he could be to this point, but if you put Justin Fields in that that Chargers game, I don't know if Justin Fields wins that game. Yet, like, with... That's probably true. Like, I think Trevor Lawrence has that factor already. I think Justin Fields could get there, and I think he'd take that leap, but Trevor Lawrence had that already, and I think that already put... Like, that alone... Puts not a huge gap, but there's a gap, a, a, a sizable one. Oh, 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 okay, not sizable, but there is a gap. Sure, I'll give it to you. But anyway, this situation just feels eerily similar to 2021. And the Zach Wilson, Will Levis comparisons that we've made from the jump, like, and, and then him being drafted well, too, it would, it, would, it would align. It would align uh, 100%. But let's get into this big board. Well, actually, before we do that too, just a quick note. I, I hit on it in the beginning of my opening statement here, but... There's rumors about the Bears potentially trading, and it's to a specific team. It's to the Steelers at number 17. I don't know who created that rumor, but it's uh, rumor, but it appears to be relatively true and, and, and reputable. This is something that we have spoken about for a while, and my hunch, what I said a week ago, right before we did the mock draft, was 55% of me thinks that they are going to trade out of the number nine slot. 55% chance. I know that's not very definitive because I still think if a player like Jalen Carter or Tyree Wilson falls to you at nine, you cannot do it. But in the likelihood that Jalen Carter goes to the Seahawks at five and Tyree Wilson gets taken at six or seven, you can get tremendous value by trading down from number nine to even a place like number 17. Does that preclude you from getting a superstar prospect? probably a superstar if you mean Tyree Wilson, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, those, if you're putting all those guys in a tier, yes. But at 17, you're still in the running for probably a Jordan Addison, a Brian Brisey, a Miles Murphy, maybe even Paris Johnson, you know, Jackson Smith and Jig, but probably at 17. And I think the most interesting thing about that was I went back into history and I looked at some deals in that range that had been made in the first round, right? So you're going down eight slots and the caveat is, 
The, the comparison I'm going to make was this team traded up for a quarterback. I believe the Steelers are likely trading up to at number nine for probably Jalen Carter. Like that's that's the only way, in my opinion. It makes too much sense. Allen believes he can coach him. Uh, uh, who else would it be? I mean, it makes way too much. I mean, because offensive line. No, I, I mean, yeah, their offensive line was bad. I get that, but is there anyone really outstanding enough? Like, is the gap between Skaronski and Johnson significant enough for them to trade? Up How about this? Plus? What if it's one of the receivers? We talked about how maybe Quentin. Oh come Johnson. on! They just, they, didn't they just trade for Allen Robinson? Yep. I feel like I didn't. I'm pretty sure they what. I'm not saying Allen Robinson is the solution, yeah. but they have George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Calvin Austin, Allen Robinson. Are they really? Yeah. They, I don't. If uh, if they think Deontay Johnson's going to walk, it's just something to think about. That's all. But sure. I, I would say offensive lineman is probably the most likely. Okay, that uh, sure. Like, that's like if fair. Tomlin, if Tomlin really, really likes Pete Skronsky or Paris Johnson, like I think that's trade, I think that's trade it. up eight slots because here. Jake, here's the comments. To protect your quarterback of the future? Uh, maybe. I mean, I don't think he's their quarterback of the future, but obviously they think that. Here's the compensation, okay? So this was a, this was 2017, and this is kind of funny because this is the, the trade that the Chiefs made to get up to get Patrick Mahomes, I think. Um, they traded with the Chiefs. Must be. Bills get number 10. The Bills were at number 10. They traded for the Chiefs. Chiefs get number 10. The Bills receive that year's number 22 overall pick number 27 overall pick, and number 91 overall pick. You're talking about first-round picks there and a third-round pick yeah. for, for to move to move up 12 – there's two first-rounders – to move up 12 spots. So this is eight spots, not 12. And they, the Chiefs knew and probably the Bills in these negotiations knew that they were trading up for a quarterback so they get a little bit more leverage in that situation. But if you're trading down to 17, Jake, there's a chance you maybe get a pick – maybe you, maybe you can you know resolve the, the Claypool trade basically – and get that pick back somehow if you trade down sure. to 17. And, it, and and as I said, when you walked away, does it preclude you from getting what we would probably consider a superstar player in Jalen Carter or Tyree Wilson potentially or, or Christian Gonzalez? Yes, it does. No doubt. But is the value of the compensation you get enough to say, hey, I'm okay doing this because we are going to accrue another mid, early, second round, or even late first round pick? I think it's worth it depending on who the Bears are targeting. Now, we've seen a lot of smoke, let's say, about uh, Darnell Wright, the, line, the lineman, the tackle from Tennessee. And people are starting to kind of put that out there. Is the Bears like him more than Pete Skaronsky in his apparently tiny baby arms over Paris Johnson, who you don't hear about at all for some reason. And that right is the guy that the Bears like for some reason. That they like his nasty, they like his measurables, so on and so forth. And so if the Bears like him that much and they say, well, we don't want to take him at nine because that's not, you know, I don't think you're going to get two first round picks because you also have to remember that in that 2017 draft, Mitch Trubisky was the only quarterback taken at that point at number two overall, famously by the Bears. So still, it costs, you're willing to give up more if you're going to trade up for a quarterback. In this situation, uh, we presume. Taken. 12. Right. He was no. Watson was taking oh, 12. That's right. I'm because stupid. because they because right. the because the Browns yeah. Yeah. had a Houston situation right. that similar to this year where the Browns had one and 12 and Houston this year has two and 12. So it was a similar no, situation. Houston, it was Houston because he, he's not with the Browns, but he was drafted. Oh Houston. yeah, I know what you're saying though. Yes, they but, they so had. So did Houston have the 12th overall pick that year? I'm trying to figure out. I just, I, I, I just had it pulled up. Hold on. Am I an yeah. idiot? I might be an idiot. 
I might I just be kind of stupid. No, because Miles, uh, Miles, what you're, Miles Garrett was taking number one overall to the Browns. The, the, the Texans right. didn't have two picks that year. They, they, they just 12, ended up they taking this I don't know yeah. why my brain got it confused. Anyway, but the point being that you're you're going to be willing to trade up more when there because also we consider that there are four first round worthy, possibly five first round worthy quarterbacks in this draft. Correct. For sure, four, maybe five, depending on who you are and what you know your front office evaluation is. But there's definitely four. That year there were only three, and one was already off the board. So you were like, okay, there's only we're down to two guys, and we want to make sure we get our guy. You're going to be making sure you give up – not making sure, but you're going to be willing to give up more to make sure you get your guy in that situation, knowing that like a Texans are looming and are probably going to take one of these two guys. So in this scenario, Pittsburgh's not trading up for a quarterback. We know that they have their quarterback at least for the next two to three years, at least. So Well, right. four if you count the fifth-year option, really, but those don't always get picked up. So let's say three years – at least possibly more. So they're drafting up more or so for a lineman or maybe a wide receiver or maybe a defensive player. I don't know, but maybe Jalen Carter, like you said. But that point being, yeah, you could probably get that second round pick that you gave up in the Claypool and rectify it, quote unquote. I think it just depends. Like I think I think it says a lot about the Bears if they trade down that far. Maybe they are targeting a, a, a uh, Quentin Nelson or Jordan Addison or a uh, uh, or uh, or Denno, right? Quentin Johnson. What did I say? No, Quentin Nelson. Uh, Quentin Johnson or Jordan Addison or a Darno Wright or whoever somewhere farther down the board where they're like, okay, we're fine passing on Skaronsky and Johnson and oh, because I fixed up Paris Johnson. What? Who cares? The point being that yes, this is. I don't think it's outrageous. I don't think you're getting a first round pick. Well, yeah, Probably. because there's, they don't have another first-round pick to give. Unless there have been situations, actually, where when I was looking at the history of these comp- uh, the compensation uh, of these mid mid first-round trades, this is considered a mid first-round trade. There were some where you where first-round picks the following year were included. Obviously, the Steelers only have one first-round pick, so you couldn't get you know number seventeen overall in the second one from twenty twenty-three. But there were some situations where. You know, if you play your cards right and you're sitting there, like if you're Ryan Poles, right? Say say it's J- say whoever it is, right? Say it's Jalen Carter for, for a hypothetical at nine. And you're talking to, to Mike Tomlin and you're saying, oh, I mean, God, you know, we, we really want to take Jalen Carter here at nine. I mean, we just have a super high grade in him. We were considering taking him number one overall before we traded. I mean, this guy is a superstar. And then Mike Tomlin's in, and the Steelers front office is hearing this, right? I forget who their GM is. They're hearing this, and and you have the leverage, right? Because you're talking him up. You're talking him up. You're saying, Jalen Carter, this, this is the guy. And now they're, the Steelers are like, oh, God, you know, you know, we, we, we got to get him now. I mean, they really want him. So we got we got to put in this extra pick if we really want to jump up and get a guy who we think is going to be, you know, a perennial all-pro. And then you have the leverage in that situation to kind of get more from that team that wants to trade up for a player that they're super high on. And I only, again, the reason why I think it's Jalen Carter is because this is a particularly unique situation because without all of the off the field issues for Jalen Carter, he is a top three, top four pick, right? Consensus top four pick. He's a number one on a lot of people's board as far as the best player overall in the draft. And if you're the Steelers, you're a perfect organization and one of the top organizations that people would consider to be one of the teams that can probably take the off the field issues and mend them and turn them in and put him in the right situation. Right. If he were drafted to, you know, the Titans, the Titans are a good franchise. I don't know. Any, any other <laughs> franchise, just Mike Tomlin, great players coach would be able to deal with him. They probably see that as, 
unbelievable value to get a player like Carter at nine. And that's why I think that they would only be willing to trade up for him because I don't think anyone else constitutes the kind of compensation that they'd have to give up to get him. But I understand, like, because we, I mean, here you are talking about if you're the Bears, right? Going down to 17 allows you to still get potentially Darnell Wright, allows you to still potentially get Paris Johnson if the board falls your way, you know, like, the Steelers could be saying the same thing at 17 if they don't want to trade up and they still want to find a guy to protect their quarterback. So I think the trade up would be for Jalen Carter. But that's the other conversation for you now is if you're at nine, would you get it? And Jalen Carter is available. Would you want to actually give it up or would you draft Jalen Carter? And that kind of is a perfect segue into our big board here. Uh, Jalen Carter is not number one overall in our big board here of prospects that Jake and I have our top 10. Again, I keep calling it big board. It's more more of a, uh, a, <laughs> a small board. Real quick, T3B Pockets in the chat. Do you trust polls after hitting on four pro bowlers with four picks? Uh, I don't know what you mean. Um, yeah, I, I was confused by that too. He has not hit four pro bowlers with four picks. Potential is, pro bowlers maybe? Yeah. Is that Say like what you uh, – Brisker, Gordon, Braxton. Who would be the four? Uh, Velas. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, T3 Podcast, put back Just in never. there uh, what, what you mean, and we'll try to answer that for you. But top 10. All right, Jake and I kind of collaborated on this. He might have some great – I'm sure – Yeah, we collaborated on it, but it's not 100%. I'm sure Jake might have some you know issues and, and whatever, but let's reveal no, it. I, top I, I 10. never have issues with what you Oh, have. please. I never, I never do. When, when have we ever – I mean, we're, rare, we're rarely on the same page, but that's what makes we, this fun. We agree more than I think. I yeah maybe we do. You would think we're not. Yeah, this isn't skipping anyway. Shannon. All right, number one overall. All right. <laughs> so well, again, you're the one with the hot take on this. So you you take it away here. All right, I'll take it away. And, and these are players we believe are available at number nine, right? Like we're not including yes. Will Anderson. We're not Could including be. you know Quentin Johnson. We're not including guys who are most. You don't think Quentin going... Johnson can be available at nine? Uh, so in this say, situation. But... So let's say in this situation, who do you have Quentin Johnson going to? Um, uh, Vegas. Five? Vegas. I mean, Vegas at seven. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't make a ton of sense. But goddamn, Quentin Johnson and Devonte Adams for you know Jimmy G. That team would make the playoffs. Um, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just, and I think Vegas could be a playoff. Could. Be a bit playoff team anyway, but it's just uh, that's interesting. Atlanta, I don't think you're I mean, wrong. Detroit, Detroit wouldn't do it. Seattle wouldn't do it. I don't know. I, I, I it just feels like a majority of mocks Johnson's going before nine, don't you think? Or, or am I reading wrong? Mocks? I feel like I haven't seen that. All right, so you want to include? I feel Johnson like most in this? receivers aren't going. Yeah, I think so. All right, so we're gonna amend this, but number one overall. Let's get to it. It ain't Jalen Carter. It's Tyree Wilson. Jake, I sent you an outrageous text today, and I don't 100% believe the text that I sent you about this, but I, it had to be said. It, it, the gap between, in my opinion, Tyree Wilson and Will Anderson is not as big as people make it out to be. I, I, sure. I had never from the start thought that Will Anderson was the prospect that Miles Garrett was or the prospect that even, you know, Nick Bosa would. I, I say he's probably on that Nick Bosa level. But I did like it, it felt like okay, Miles Garrett that year, uh, or even Jadavion Connie as a prospect, right? A consensus, like unbelievable players, right? Will Anderson 
His stats are there. The accolades are there. But if I'm being honest, like when I watch him on tape, like the tape is extremely impressive, but it doesn't pop any more to me than, than Tyree Wilson's tape does. Tyree Wilson lacks the accolades. He lacks playing at a school like Alabama and the SEC. He plays in the Big 12. He played in the Big 12 uh, at Texas Tech. I get all those things. But when I watch the tape of Tyree Wilson and I look at the measurables and the projectables of what he can become, I see Khalil Mack out of him, and I see, you know, he's a little bit more of a work in progress than Will Anderson. When you're drafting a player at number one overall or top three, you expect that player to be a difference maker from day one, and Will Anderson will be that. He could potentially be a pro bowler, right, in his first year. Ty Wilson could be a very good player this year, but he probably needs a little bit of work, you know, to to, to work on his pass rush moves, because right now he uses a lot of his size and power to get to the quarterback, work on his finesse, you know, work with Matt Eberflus and the defensive line coach to, uh, to, (laughs) the defensive line coach whose name I probably don't know. <laughs> Probably should Let's say Alan Williams, the defensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah, sure. Alan Williams. Um, to get him to be a very polished player. And the Texas and Jake was, I think at the end of the day, Tyree Wilson could be just as good, if not better, of an NFL player than Will Anderson. I know it's outrageous thing to say. I know, I know it seems outrageous, but... Well, let me say this. Yeah. On, if I had like the list in front of me on the Mount Rushmore of absurd texts you have sent me, I don't think that would be on it. Like, I don't think it's that outrageous <laughs> because, because we've seen Tyree Wilson's stock go way up throughout this whole process, yeah. throughout from the combine to the meetings to everything. All anybody's talking about is Tyree Wilson and how good he is and how much a good guy he is and how well he's testing and so on and so forth. So I don't think it's like, I, I responded to your text. I said, that's a take. I don't think it's outrageous. I don't think it's crazy. It's a take. I think because most people see Anderson as the safe player. Look at all the stats. He went to Alabama. Wilson's more like he had good stats and he has great highlights. But I think he's more of like a projection player. Not to say that he can't hit the ground running and can't be a pro bowler year one in the same way that we expect Anderson to be. But I think it's just that's where people see the gap is the accolades sure. in school and so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, Will Anderson going into this final year at Alabama uh, was already projected to be a top five pick. Like people knew that, right? right? Wilson, you know, was a transfer. He went to Texas Tech. He still had a productive year in 2021, but then it was 2022 where he broke out, right? Like we have just known the name for longer. Will Anderson or, or, or Tyree Wilson has sort of burst onto the scene as of lately. And then really through the draft process, as you mentioned, starting with the combine, like that combine performance along with you know his meetings and and even the press conference that people really enjoyed like you know really helped his draft stock but you know when you look at him you know we talk about the accolades not you know being there in comparison to uh to uh to Will Anderson, well, but I mean, he he was still effective. It, like that's not to say, oh, he was just getting two to three sacks, and and you know he was just really effective. But he, he you know, it wasn't showing up on the stats. You know, like this guy was getting out to the quarterback. Uh, I can't. I, I thought I had the stats in the doc. I can't find them right now. But his numbers from uh from college. Right. I mean, he really was setting records. Out. Like he he literally he, was setting right. records. Right. I had Historical. it written. I think I think we mentioned it last week. Um, some we of the did. records that he was setting there in, in Texas Tech and, you know, all American, all these things like that. But uh, again, just another quick synopsis. Like he I, I made the comparison to Khalil Mack, which I think is actually a really good comparison when you watch him on tape. He is three inches taller than Khalil Mack, though. This guy is six six, Jake. He is a, he's huge. And he just elite size and length that allows him to disrupt runs from anywhere on the defensive line. He just dominates at the line of scrimmage. Sure, he's not as explosive and doesn't have the same bend as Khalil Mack because he's a little bit taller, but that athleticism is like right there for me. When you watch this guy, Jake, like 
it's just a it's just a burst and it's just a boom, man. Like it's a burst and a boom, and it's just it, your your guy is down on the ground and Tyree Wilson celebrating. It's just this guy is an athletic freak and he's going to do insane things at the NFL level that people are going to be like, there's only a handful of guys in the league that can do this, right? Those insane things that Khalil Mack did, picking up uh, Tristan Wirfs and throwing him to the ground with one arm, right? Like those are things that Ty Wilson can do that a lot of other players in the NFL cannot. So that's why he's my consensus number one overall uh, on the top 10. I don't know if you really think Jalen Carter is that. Like I'm not even talking about like him sure. off the field. Like as a pure prospect, Ty Wilson, number one guy, he's dynamite. So I don't disagree with anything that you said. I think Tyree Wilson is awesome. I think if he's there at number nine, you take him, no doubt about it, 1,000%. I think Jalen Carter is still ahead of him for me just because you talk about that Khalil Mack factor, that look at, look at the crazy stuff, the one-arm thing. Do we remember what happened in the SEC championship game? When Jalen Carter is holding Jaden Daniels in one arm and pointing to the sky be like, we're – we're one. Let's go. And he's holding another grown-ass man in his arm like a child. Like, to be completely, like, transparent, Jaden Daniels is not a small dude. He's 6'3", 200-something pounds. Like, Jaden yeah, Daniels yeah. is not small. And, yeah. J- and Jalen Carter's holding him with one arm while he's celebrating with the other. It's like – that, that to me, and I know we have the, uh, the off-the-field stuff, and maybe he is, you know, people talk about the pro day, and that was still while things were going on. Maybe he was just dealing with some anxiety and, you know, stress relative to that. Maybe True. that has been resolved. I don't know. That's not my place to say. If the Bears sign off, I was thinking about this all day today. Not all day, but for a couple hours today. When I was, and especially walking home, thinking about the show. If the Bears sign off on this, if Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles sign off on Jalen Carter and they say, we've heard everything we need to hear, he talked to us, we've asked him these questions, and they're not obviously going to tell us exactly what questions, but we have to assume it comes up, and they draft him anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be okay with it. I'm going to trust Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus because they have talked about since day one building a culture, drafting guys with character, bringing in guys with character, and establishing and cultivating this certain right. culture. If all of this happens and they still draft Jalen Carter, I'm I'm trusting their judgment. If Agreed. they have the signature approval, then I'm like, cool, great, got good, cool, I'm good. Then I have no further questions because I'm not in those meetings. I'm not there. You're not there. Anyone in the media is not there. Maybe we could guess the questions. Maybe some things get leaked, but we're not there for the whole however long those meetings are. If they draft Jalen Carter. I'm good, and then I'm excited because this is a guy that can do stuff sure. that Khalil Mack 100%. did as far as game wrecking and making those crazy plays. No slight against Tyree Wilson. Not saying I don't want him. Not saying that he's a bad player. I they're completely the opposite, actually. Like I said, if Tyree Wilson's there at nine and Jalen Carter isn't, or you know whoever's number one on your board, I am perfectly A-OK getting fired up for Tyree Wilson. Great. Perfect. Cool. Sign me up. You need an edge rusher. I think he's a monster. But I'm just saying, for me, Jalen Carter, I think, has that more, a little bit more, slightly more edge as far as big game, game wrecking play goes. And that's why he's one for me, but Tyree Wilson's close to. Yeah. And it's totally fair. And I think, you know, people are going to be cautious when if Jalen Carter were drafted by the Bears, right? 
But as you say, they shouldn't be. Like if you, we are aware of how this organization operates for the most part under the Ryan Poles regime and, and of the character and everything. Like, if Well, because gonna, they've been very open about it. You know, right. It's not like Ryan Pace where famously Joe Ostrowski has Ryan Pace's profile picture peeking yeah. through the door. You know, that you don't have that. Ryan Poles is front and center in your face every other day. Yeah, which is which is actually really refreshing, uh, and it, and it's not like this is just you know made up. When you look at the players that they drafted and the players they brought in, they all fit the bill. Like this is a real thing. We're not. This isn't just things that Ryan Poles has said. That's just smoke that haven't been backed up with the acquisitions that he's made. No, like the players that he has gone after in the drafts and in free agency have been high character players. Like we know this. The only thing that is sort of interesting is like if somehow. He's an unfix in the NFL. He's an unfixable, which I don't think this is true. I, I don't think that he's an unfixable person. He, he can't fix what he's no, like not at all. But if that were to be the case, right, and the off the field issues continued and, and it derailed his career, then it makes you look like even more of a clown if you were to draft him because you were aware of that being a risk when you did it. And I don't know if Ryan Poles is willing to take that chance to where, look, we tried our best. Jalen Carter just, you know, couldn't get it together in his own head or whatever. And guess what? It's our fault because we had saw the signs before, but we banked on the talent. And, and, and you know, there's going to be people say, well, you can't blame him because you banked on the talent. But the signs were there. And I, that's the only reason why I think they might not will, be willing to take the risk. Again, that's not how I feel. I think Jalen Carter's I, – I think he's going to be fine in the right situation. I think Matt Eberflus is a coach along with Alan Williams, and this is a place that could actually be really good uh, in cultivating for him, right? But it's, it's, it's nonetheless a risk. So anyway, Tyree Wilson's my one, but your, your one is Jalen Carter. Tyree Wilson's your two. I have it flip-flopped. Whatever, whatever happens, one of those, both of those players, in my opinion, are going to be dynamite superstars in the NFL. Like, I don't think that there's really a doubt about it. Like, both those guys are unreal. So let's go to number three um, here on the big board. Now, even with Quinton Johnson, I'm going to keep this number three. I know we have to amend this list to include Quinton Johnson, but I'm going to keep this player at number three. He's the guy who wrote the article about Christian Gonzalez quarterback out of Oregon and this really honestly got put on like Christian Gonzalez has been on my radar but it was Peter Schrager's mock draft yesterday that he mocked Christian Gonzalez to number nine overall for people saying well who gives a shit what Peter Schrager has to say year after year Peter Schrager has the most accurate mock drafts of anyone in the NFL he makes his mock draft based off of what he's hearing from league sources not his opinion on who he thinks each team is going to take so for that it does become the most accurate because he's using tidbits of information as an NFL insider to determine how he's going to shape the first round uh, in his mock draft and he mocked the Christian Gonzalez to the Bears in nine and I'll just tell you basically what I said in the article if want to go read the article go to Ontas sports net um just search on my name and you'll and you'll be able to see that article but it makes a lot of sense and i said it in in the opening statement jake there's a great chance they operate best player available and christian gonzalez would likely be if carter and wilson are gone before nine the best player available there for you at number nine overall i mean this guy is an unbelievable athlete jake he checked in at a 9.95 relative athleticism score 9.95 if you remember last year People were drooling over Kyler Gordon's athleticism score. Do you remember that? It, it was like the topic of conversation for Kyler Gordon. His was a 9.69. So Christian Gonzalez was 0.26 higher than a guy that we already thought was one of the best athletes on the team last year. I mean, he, he a 4.38 40-yard dash with a 41.5-inch vertical. I mean, Jake, these are unbelievable athletic feats here. 
and he's 6'1". Like, Kyler Gordon's 5'11". Christian Gonzalez is 6'1". So he has this combination of size and speed that allows him to compete against any receiver. He can contest jump balls against DK Metcalf. He can run around the field with Tyreek Hill. He does also, Jake, play outside corner. So... Gordon could move back to the slot where I think he's better and more natural at. Then you have two extremely talented pass breakup outside corners and and, uh, Jalen Johnson and Christian Gonzalez. This Bears secondary, if they nabbed Gonzalez, would be the best in the NFL immediately starting the first game of the uh, the year. I I 100% wholeheartedly believe that. I mean, think about what Matt Eberflus, like don't put, like, we know Matt Eberflus is, is in Ryan Poe's ear, and I'm not saying he's yeah. dictating the picks that are made, but obviously they're in collaboration. Haha, <laughs> old word between Nagy and Pace, collaboration. But Matt Eberflus is going to say to Ryan Poe, this guy is going to be a perennial all-pro. There's a chance he becomes the best cornerback. I mean, he is the best cornerback in this class, in my opinion. There's a chance he becomes a top five cornerback in the league, in my opinion, because of his ceiling is that, because of how athletic and how raw he is. If he's pounding the table for him, what, Ryan Poles can't say no. You can't, like, that, no one will be able to throw on your defense. You've already built an extremely athletic uh, linebacking core with Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards and already Jack Sanborn. And then you have a secondary that gets after the ball and is athletic as it is. Jake, this defense would be scary enough where I would say confidently the Bears would win the division if they drafted this guy. And I would say the same if they oh, drafted wow. Jalen Carter or Tyree Wilson. I mean, I already I'm already I already bet on them to win the division because so, I don't, so basically Kevin's saying that no matter who the Bears draft, no. he's betting you know the Bears Incorrect. win the Bears. It's 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 four players. Four four players. <laughs> Paris Johnson, Tyree Wilson, Jalen Carter, Christian Gonzalez. If they draft one of those four players, they're winning the division. <laughs> That, okay. That's what I'll um, give you. <laughs> I, I agree with you uh, about Christian Gonzalez. I think he's a very good athlete. And forever we were hearing about how Christian Gonzalez was far and away the top DB in this class. And then Devin Witherspoon, uh, famously of my uh, you know University of Illinois, has been making a push. People have been kind of pushing his clips, the hit against Indiana and some of his other hits and some of his ball hawking abilities. People have been, you know, really hyping up Devin Witherspoon lately. And I think Devin Witherspoon's going to be great. I think he's going to be really, really good. I love him as a prospect. I think he's awesome. I agree with you. I think Christian Gonzalez is still probably the top DB in this class. And we talked about on this podcast not too long ago, a couple episodes ago at, at most, that if you draft one of these two corners, whether it be Gonzalez or Witherspoon, because maybe Gonzalez goes earlier or maybe Witherspoon goes earlier or whoever is there, because I think one of them will be taken before you at nine. Just, you know, pick your favorite. Yeah, sure. But in this instance, let's say the Falcons or the Raiders take Witherspoon because the Raiders especially already have one Illinois form, former Illinois DB in their backfield and Nate Hobbs. Maybe they pair them right. together. I don't know. But connection there. But regardless, let's say Witherspoon goes before Gonzalez here and Gonzalez is there at nine. We talked about this, that you can slide Gordon to the slot and then you have Johnson on the outside already, who we know is very, very good when he's on the field, but is very, very good, possibly all pro caliber, definitely pro bowl caliber. So you pair all those three guys together. And then, like you said, I think this is a very athletic defense. This is a very good, fast defense, of defense that gets after the ball. I wouldn't hate Gonzalez at all. And I, similar to Wilson and Carter, I'd be happy with that and go, this makes the defense better. This makes you better immediately. And that's going to happen with most of the guys that we talk about tonight. But the fact being 
that Gonzalez is a really good prospect who is far and away considered the number one overall in his class at his position. And also, let's think of it about it this way. Jalen Johnson's on the eve of free agency. That's your insurance if he leaves. Hopefully he doesn't, and hopefully you're able to reach an extension with him sometime over the summer. That's fair. But if Jalen Johnson leaves, your insurance is built in already, and you don't have to worry about it. So right. it kind of fits everything here and gives you a lot of different – checks a lot of different boxes, let's say, in one kind of neat package as far as Gonzalez goes. Your article was great. If anybody hasn't read, read it, read it. If anyone hasn't read it yet, I very much recommend that you go to ONTAP Sportsnet and look at Kevin's article on Christian Gonzalez. It's very good. He breaks all this down way more in depth than we have so far. But Gonzalez is good. I have no problem with him being here at three. And again, you know, it's, it's, I said before, right? The pre draft speculation has been tackled defensive line. That's it. It shouldn't be that. It just, it just shouldn't be. Like, this is a player who is going to make your football team better. And you never say no to players who are going to make your football team better, regardless of the circumstances, right? If you're the Philadelphia Eagles, in a majority of situations, like, you believe that, hey, we are X player away from winning the Super Bowl. We've spent enough money on our roster. We've spent enough money everywhere. We just came up short. Maybe we need Bijan Robinson to take us to the, to the promised land, right? The Bears are still multiple holes away to where so the they Eagles, can afford this. Well, no, I'm just saying that they're, they're a team that is in position, right, right. Or, or in a place where they are almost required to draft position of need. Would it make sense for the Eagles to draft Quentin Johnson? No, even if he was the best player available to them. Would it make sense for them to draft, you know, an offensive lineman? No, even if it were available to them. They have to draft position of need. The Bears have flexibility. They're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. They can afford to draft a player and then, hey, if we're— a bad way have flexibility. What's that? Arguably, in a bad way, they have flexibility. Yes, in a bad way, correct. Because they have multiple holes to fill. You're a hundred. You're a hundred percent right. But I mean, Jake, I like the cornerback hasn't taken before pick number hasn't been taken before pick number nine since 2019. It's been a while. But again, because of what's going like on, Okuda was number three overall. No, a cornerback hasn't been taken before number nine since 20, since 2019. So Okuda was taken before pick number nine. Right. The last time a player hasn't right, so been taken I mean. before. I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know who the, was the first cornerback taken that year. But usually, the point is that typically a cornerback a, a is taken before, like if Christian Gonzalez is the first cornerback off the board, typically a cornerback would have been taken before pick number nine. I think he's going to go before Witherspoon, but you would be lucky, is what I'm saying, to get him at number nine. And because of this situation this year with the density of quarterbacks, it is a luxury and a possibility for you to get a player like this. And he's on, Jake, I'll put him. In, although he's a different position, I'll put him in the same tier as Jalen Carter and Tyre Wilson. I will. Oh, wow. I, I, I will. I mean, that's how high I am on him. I mean, I wrote this article on him for a reason. Like, this guy is a stud. And there's a chance that someone sees something out of Devin Weatherspoon and he goes first. And I think that's a mistake. But, like, for example, what was it, two years ago, I mean, J.C. Horn was taken before Patrick Sertan, right? For no – I mean, J.C. Horn's good. But Patrick Sertan's going to end up probably being a top – 10 cornerback in NFL history at the rate that he's going right now. So I'm just all in on Christian Gonzalez. Real quick, there's a chat I want to mention. Um, actually, we'll get to this because this player is on our top 10. We'll get to these chats in a little bit because this player is in our top 10. Um, so Christian Gonzalez at number three. Let's go to number four here in our, on our big board of top 10 prospects available for the Bears at number nine. Paris Johnson, Jake, uh, that's where I'm going at with number four. Do you have a gripe with yeah. this? Do you have a gripe with this? 
Do so want I, I don't have a gripe so much as I have a question. So okay. did you put Paris Johnson here, your Ohio State bias aside? Because and I and I was trying, I was looking at this and I was trying to think through it the way. Did you put Paris Johnson here because of he seemingly has a higher floor than Skaronsky and Wright? Because you t- everything you talk about, you know, Skaronsky seems to be the top-rated offensive lineman. Everything you read seems to have him going ahead of Johnson and Wright. But you know, everyone talks about the arm length or if he has to change positions. Is it because Johnson is, yep, exceptional athlete, can play either tackle, is going to be really solid, just might not have that all-pro upside? Whereas, whereas Skaronsky, it's like he could be all-pro guard. He could be all pro tackle in the right blah, blah, blah. And then right, especially too, is like it has to be in the right situation. That is more projection. Was part of that in your evaluation here, putting Johnson four, because he seemingly has a higher floor, is safer, or is less of a projection than Skaronsky and Wright? Yes, and it's because of the position. Really? Look, I, I am look, there's too much speculation about whether Skaronsky's a guard or a tackle because of the arm length. I'm not going to break – I'm not here to tell you that, right? No one can tell you that. But at that at this point, speculation tells you that it's a risk that he could not play tackle, right? It's not definitive. So at this given point, the Bears need a tackle more than they need a guard. They're, they're, they're actually deep at guard. When you think about the, the acquisition of Nate Davis and if Cody White here were to end up staying at guard, which we are unsure about, they're, they're deep enough at guard where – Taking a guard, if he were to end up to be, that makes absolutely no sense. For for that sake, like even if they Jake project, project him to be a tackle, but then they get into camp and he's struggling, right? And the arm length is coming out to be true, and they have to flex him to guard. Then that's a reach. That would be a reach, in my opinion. If if, if he turned out to not be suited for tackle in the NFL and had to play guard, that would be a reach or not. So I do Paris Johnson because that floor at tackle and because he's guaranteed to be at that position, whether it is left or right. He has the ability to play both, which is also an asset that is nice about him. You, you have to take you have to project him higher because of that floor and because of what the Bears need. I know I just talked about best player available, but when it comes to this, when you look at the offensive line, I just think it's deep enough to where that would be a situation where where you would say, hey, look, we have too many guards. We invested a little bit of money into guard with Nate Davis. It doesn't make sense for us to get a guy who could potentially become a guard. And this Tiff, Tiff in the chat, you know, says Lucas Patrick, the, no faith in him. Yeah, you can have no faith in him, but he's on the roster. You have no reason to load more guys on the roster who play the same position, especially with a pick as valuable as number nine overall. Jake, I'm out on Skaronsky. I think there's a 0% Ooh. chance they draft him. That's where I'm at. I think there's a 0% chance they draft him. I just think it's too risky. And I'm sure, like, there have been football people who have come on the score and said, well, you know, this arm length thing means nothing. There's plenty of tackles who, you know, are effective in the NFL with that, in the NFL with that arm length. Sure, that can be true. But guess what? It's not worth the risk for me at number one overall. There's too many prospects. We already have listed the prospect pool, Jake. Of the three players that we listed before number four, one of them's going to be available. Would you really take Skaronsky over one of those guys? Absolutely not. It's too much of a risk. Paris Johnson, to me, would be the pick. But although he's number four on this board, I would be surprised if he was actually the selection because I think there's better talent there. But part of the reason we made this list is because if they go down to 17, there's a chance that he's available there. So I got Johnson over Skaronsky. And I also, again, like I know you just asked about the floor and everything. I also think he's just pretty much on the same level as a prospect overall. Like I, I, I just, I, there's nothing about Skaronsky that screams like Quinn Nelson or screams, hey, consensus top five pick. Like he's good and he's solid and he replaced Rayshon Slater and he's powerful and he can, you know, prove that in college. But 
I don't know. I, I, I don't think the gap between him and Johnson is significant enough to say, look, screw, screw this. Let's take him. So full disclosure, my four or five, I do not have Johnson at four. I do have Skaronsky at four on my list. I have Johnson at five uh, because okay, this part fine. of this for me is positional. You need offensive linemen. I put Skaronsky at four instead of Johnson just because, you know, I'm not going to pretend like I'm some offensive lineman expert. I'm not going to pretend like I watched every Northwestern right. game, even though I went to school in the big time. I'm not going to pretend that I watched every Ohio State game again because, you know, I, I'm not going to pretend that. I'm going to lean more on what I read, what people tell me, and what people like, and I assume this is who you're alluding to, like Brian Baldinger, who goes on the score, goes out everywhere. You know, does these lineman breakdowns, does these prospect breakdowns, people like that. You know, I defer to those people because they know more than me. You know, that's just 100%. how, or, you know, people on the athletic, uh, you know, whether that be Dane Brugler or Kevin Fishbane or whoever, I defer to those people because they watch these things more closely than I do. And they have experience watching these things. If somebody tells me that Pete Skoransky has all pro potential, even if it's at guard, you need that. Listen. I like the Bears' foundational pieces, what they have in Braxton Jones. I like what they have in Tevin Jenkins. I still think Cody Whitehair can be solid. I think Larry Borm's fine as a swing tackle, maybe a six offense lineman, or in a pinch, a starting right tackle. I think these guys are fine. None of these guys have that upside. Maybe Tevin Jenkins, I don't know. He has to stay on the field for me to really get there. But Pete Skronsky, despite the arm length, despite you know what you're hearing, these negative dings against him, I hear all pro potential, whether it be a tackle or guard, and I think that's something the Bears need because that's what the Bears are lacking. That They're lacking that blue chip talent. They're lacking that all pro type of Correct. pedigree. So that's why for me, Skaronsky's at four and Johnson's at five. I agree with everything you said about Johnson. High floor, super solid, could probably be a pro bowl or tackle at left or right. Great. I just put Skronsky a little, a little bit ahead just because you need, as the Bear, we talked about it already, that upside and the holes that you need to fill, you need that all-pro upside. That, that's greater just risk, greater reward. It's greater risk, greater reward, right? Sure. I, mean, I don't know if you see the risk as the same as I do, but do you, because you're, so he, you, the way you just explained that to me was you're already under the assumption that he's a guard. I mean, like, or. Possibly, I don't know. Like, and, and, it, and, that, and that goes back to Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. How do they see it? I don't know. Is a guard, but is a guard valuable enough to be taken at number nine? Right, we know tackle is the more valuable position, and if he ends up playing left tackle, if he's the if he ends up blocking the blind side of your franchise quarterback for the next four years, I'm talking about Paris Johnson. The value of that, and if he's good, the value of that number nine is worth. What did the Chiefs just give Orlando, or not the Chiefs? Uh, who's who did Orlando Brown sign to? Now I'm forgetting who signed Orlando Brown in Bengals. What did the Bengals just give Orlando Brown? Right? Like he's worth that if he ends up blocking the blind side of your quarterback at a Pro Bowl level for four straight years doing your Super Bowl window. That to me is why I have him higher. Because, yeah. And what, and I forget what they paid him. And actually, his contract wasn't outrageous with the Bengals. Um, but I think he had, I think he's actually making like, I don't even know, not, not, nothing, nothing close to what we thought he was going to make. But I just think it's the position thing, man. And again, the same thing that you said. I will defer to someone else who's played offensive line in the NFL who knows more about that to really tell me if he's truly going to be okay at tackle with the arm length. But the fact that it's speculation is enough for me to say, hey, there's a chance he gets to camp and he's getting dominated by certain guys on that defensive line because of that. And I don't I don't want that to be the case. I don't want to draft 
a tackle and have that player turn a guard and lose value for a pick as valuable as number nine overall. I mean, I think people, I think people are kind of sneezing at the fact that this is a number nine overall pick, right? But when you think about it, for the Bears, I'll put it this way: it's the fifth overall pick for the Bears because if four quarterbacks are taken before, then they're not taking a single quarterback. They're getting the fifth best player on their board, probably, because not a single quarterback's on their board. So for them, this is the fifth overall pick in the draft. I don't know if he's worth that. That that's just that's that's just where I'm at with this. So um, we have Skaronsky Johnson flipped, whatever. I have a guy here, Jake, that recently, and we'll kind of speed this up because we're running out of time, has skyrocketed up the board, and I think is a yeah. chance that they take him not at nine, but probably later if they trade down, which seems more likely. Kalaja Kansi is a freak. I mean, people yeah. watch his tape. Jake, this guy's unbelievable. I I don't know what we've missed. What do we miss? How did this? How did how did I not? No, well, because nobody watches Pitt games. <laughs> I I guess, but Pitt was like a top twenty-five team in the country. But you know, ACC like football. It's just it's yeah, it's just really. I mean, but hey, look. I, I mean, air. <laughs> It was Chris Sims actually that made the compare. It was Chris Sims that made the comparison uh, to Aaron Donald between Kalaja Kansi and yeah. uh, for for who Kalaja Kansi's comp is. And look, the pit thing is there, but Jake, these guys play the same. I think one of the reasons we haven't heard the name a lot is people are concerned about his size, right? He's a little bit shorter for the position. He's not Aaron Donald short, but he is 6'1", which some people believe is too short. He's a little bit less weight than you would expect for a guy who is probably going to be your three tech for you. But this guy, Jake, is unbelievably athletic. He's unbelievably athletic. He's he's Jalen Carter type athletic. He might be more athletic than Jalen Carter. I, I, I think he is more athletic than Jalen Carter, which is, you know, some would say an outrageous thing to say, but hey, next gen stats on his profile ranked him the most athletic defensive tackle in the entire class. Again, one of those situations where, hey, this isn't just a player who has projectables, who's athletic, who performed well at the combine, who didn't do things in college. Jake, this guy had 14 and a half sacks and 27 and a half tackles for loss in his two years as full-time starter. 27 and a half tackles for loss. Are you kidding me? He just gets into the backfield like this. He's unbelievable athletic. I know people are worried about the size, but, you know, history tells us the same way it does for Bryce Young. History tells us that the size doesn't matter that much if he's as athletic and unbelievable as he is, right? Aaron Donald's, what, 5'11"? Like, these things always, you know, it's more of a risk, sure, but it's they don't always matter. Jake, Kalijah can't see. There's a chance. Ah, there's no chance. There's no chance he's the pick at nine. I don't think there's a chance he's the pick no, at nine. It's not I possible. Agree. There's not possible. But if they move down, even if it's not 17, if it's 12, 13, 14, 18, 20, whatever it is, I think the Bears are getting a top 15 talent, a top 13 talent, a guy who's going to be the face of their front four for the next five years in Kalijah Kansi. And I think he's really good. And I can't believe we haven't brought up that name until now. Stupid, stupid, so- stupid. So I agree. I think this is a name that you're not going to talk about at nine. I think this is a name you're going to talk about in, let's say, the scenario that you proposed earlier, down at 17 with the Steelers. I think then this comes into play because everything you read is that this guy is an end of the first round type of player. That's fine. I I agree. Uh, I think that you are, for the most part, not looking at this guy unless you trade down. Um, But I think that when you hear the name Aaron Donald, obviously your eyes light up. You're like, oh, my God. You got to get the next Aaron Donald. Oh, my God. Same way to the same school. Plays the same position. Oh, my God. As far as Chris Sims goes. 
Oh god. Let's remember let's remember that this is the guy that told us Mac Jones was the pick at number three overall. Because Kyle Shannon's hand is his BFF. I, I let's let's just remember that as far as that goes. Not to say that Chris Sims is bad at his job or he doesn't evaluate players well. He might be right. He might be right about Aaron Donald. Let's just, you know, I don't like calling guy even when we talk about Tyree Wilson. I don't like calling guys other players that are established, especially superstars like Cleo Mack and Aaron Donald, before they've even taken a snap in the NFL. Like it's just that's <laughs> it's unfair to those guys. It just is. It's, now it's, that it's being not, said, yeah. now that being said, Kalaja Kansi is a freak, like you said. He dominated that competition. Granted, it was you know a competition that people kind of see as lesser college competition, but. And I kind of fall back on a little bit of the Jalen Carter argument here. If Ryan Poles and Matty Rufloos look at his combine numbers and he tests well in the meetings and they say this is a guy that we can t- make an all-pro or a pro bowler or whatever, then I'm in. Fine. Great. Especially if it's a trade-down. If it's a trade-down to recoup more picks in the second and third round and you still get a guy like this in the late teens or the 20s even – then I'm cool with that, and I'll trust their judgment, and I'll hope that they're right. And then I'll go through all the positive tapes <laughs> of Clash you can't see, and I'll say, yeah, Chris Sims was right. This is Aaron exactly. Donald. But until that point, uh, you're right. I don't think it's number nine, but I ha- I'm fine with him on the spot on our list because I think if you trade down, I think that's a good spot for him. And I'm not saying by comparing him that – like that's the thing about my comparisons, right? Like I- I'm going to do a full mock draft for on tap uh, the first round coming out you know, next week. And I have comparisons like to each player. And it's not that I think that that player will achieve what the comparison – uh, had, player has achieved right like I'm not saying like Aaron Donald's the best defensive player of all time in my opinion and I'm not saying that Kalaj Kant is going to become the best defensive player of all time I'm just saying that the traits it's the traits that are similar right the size the, the way he plays the athleticism like those are what for me drives the comparison not what like I think like Lance Zerline is the guy who does the NFL uh, prospect profiles like his comparisons are always I think what that player will end up being when you right like sure. he compared I think Clash can't see the Ezekiel Ansa, like, which could be fair as far as what that player ends up being. But the traits for this guy are very Aaron Donald esque as far as the athleticism and everything. I'll ask our guy Dwayne Brown, who worked with Brit, who the trainer that we had on the pod last year, who worked with Brisker and works with a lot of pick guys. Works with Aaron Donald is his trainer. Uh, if he works with Cansey, since Cansey's a pick guy and he works with a lot of guys in the pit area, um, I'll ask him if if he worked with Cansey. But yeah, this guy is uh, he's good, man. And and look. If, if anyone who's listening to this has been doing a PFF mock draft recently, he's rising, Jake. I mean, I think yeah. he's up to 13 sure overall is. on PFF, and I think his ADP is up to, you know, 16 or something. So that's right in that range of where we think a Bears trade down could happen. And I don't – other teams, real quick, because I'm just going to kind of go through the last four names. I don't have much to say about the last four names on our top ten. Real quick. What other than the Steelers, right? Because it wasn't just the rumor to the Steelers sure. that was created about you know them going down to seventeen. David Kaplan, who's you know he's been on this podcast before, sometimes reputable, sometimes not, as far as his sources when it comes to these things, said that it's the Bears' intent to trade down uh, at, from number nine. Like that, that his source is telling him that that is their intent. So if that were to happen, I'm trying to look at the other teams here in the middle of the first round or even a little bit later that would be willing to trade up, and there's a few that kind of pique my interest okay washington if in the event that mm-hmm. one of the four falls if it's hooker or sorry if it's anderson or levis right and they need to trade up for a quarterback or hooker for some reason they want to trade up for hooker at nine which seems outrageous uh washington 
Tampa Bay is in desperate need of a solution at quarterback. If they want to move up and get their guy at nine, that's a possibility. Um, those are two teams that I would just kind of pin as, as probably the most likely options. I mean, I can't imagine anyone else in that range. The Jets aren't going to do it. The, 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 the Patriots probably won't do it. They don't like giving up picks. Uh, Green Bay's not trading with the Bears. It's just not happening. Detroit's not doing it either. What do you think about that? I think that? the Ravens are interesting. I, if, depending on how the Lamar the Jackson 22? situation shapes out, shakes out, I think that's interesting. I think that could maybe lead somewhere. If Lamar Jackson walks, I think at nine, let's say that, and this could be completely, you know, I don't know anything, but let's say Levis is still on the board or Anthony Richardson sure. is still on the board at nine. That could be a point where the Ravens, if Lamar Jackson goes to the Falcons or, you know, wherever, it seems like the Falcons are still the most likely destination. But wherever, let's say Lamar Jackson leaves to anywhere, if they, if Anthony Richardson's still on the board after the success they had, let's say, you know, the Ravens might punt on this year and say, all right, Tyler Huntley, it's yours for the year. And we'll go, we're fine going seven and nine or, you know, whatever. No, eight and nine or nine and eight. And, you know, maybe we sneak in as a wild card. We're fine with that because we have this kid next year, and that's who we really believe in. Maybe. I don't know. Again, I don't know anything. This is all speculation. Who knows? But that could be something where you trade down and you get that extra second rounder, extra third rounder. It's just that's one that caught my eye, too. Oh, if you're trading down to 22, Jake – that's a first rounder. You're getting you. You're. I mean, that that would be pretty much exactly sure. the comparison that I made, right? Bills twenty two up to ten. They get two first round, or yeah, they get technically two first rounders for it. So I I, I don't know. I mean, it's it, you're getting a lot for that. But I hope that the Ravens resign Lamar because I have a future on the Ravens doing the division in in a parlay. So uh, that of course I, it's in a parlay. It wouldn't I mean, be you I mean, if it wasn't in a parlay. Uh, it's a, it's a parlay of all the division winners in the league, actually. And I wonder who I have winning the NFC North at plus 340. I wonder. I mean, that value's good. I don't think the Bears are going to win yes, the division. Yes, it is. It is. But that value's really value. good like for a division earlier. that has yes. the Lions as the leading favorite. The Lions, a team that, yes. you know, can never get over the hump. Anyway, our final four, uh, let's do kind of a little break. I'm not going to go a deep dive into any of these guys, really. Uh, Devin Witherspoon at six or seven. Devin Witherspoon at seven. Jack Smith and Jigba at 8, Nolan Smith at 9, Lucas Van Ness at 10. I, I I think Devin Witherspoon has kind of fallen for me. He's not the athlete that I thought he was, right? I mean, he's a good athlete, but he's not Gonzalez-type athletic. He's versatile, and he does win man-to-man frequently. Um, I'll kind of defer to you if you have anything on Devin Witherspoon because you watched him a lot at U of I, but I sure. just don't see him. He's a shutdown corner probably, but he's just not the same prospect as Christian Gonzalez for me. Sure, I, I get the athleticism scores don't pop like they do for Gonzalez, uh, which is totally fine. I, I think Witherspoon's still going to be a really good corner. I would be totally happy. I don't have a gripe with him being on this list. One thing that I'll point out uh, as far as just the rest of the list goes, Nolan Smith being at nine on the list. I think people are forgetting about Nolan Smith and how good he was. Like sure. Injury has knocked him down, and now it's you know projections for him are all over the place as far as where he's going to get drafted. Um I think he'd be someone kind of similar to Kalaja Kansi where if they trade down, because I, I don't think he's going to be at at nine, but I think if they trade down to 17 or 22 or somewhere in that range, I think then he becomes more of an option. Um, and, and that's where I kind of see that fit. I'm going to say something that makes you really mad. I don't get JSN on this list unless they trade oh, down yeah. to like 22. I don't, I don't, I just don't see it. 
I just don't oh, see right. it. Okay, 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 fair. Sorry. You know what we forgot? I forgot about the amendment to the list with Quentin Johnson. I forgot I forgot sure. about that. In that case, yes, Quentin Johnson is replaced for Jack Smith and Jigba. But if that were not the case, Jake, who would you put in that list instead of him? Come on. Name a player. I, don't even don't Come on. I mean, again, this is and this is why I said, remember, you know, even if Johnson's available, there's something about JSN that the connection to Justin Fields just makes it seem more likely. Sure. Johnson's the better prospect. But when you like you go into training camp, Jake, and you don't have to worry about timing. You don't have to worry about knowing the timing of this guy's routes, how he runs the routes. You've done it with him before. And not just done it, was effective. JSN was the leading receiver that year for Ohio State. So, he so was here's my unreal. Thing. How good have the Bears been at keeping injury-plagued players on the field over our, oh, he's over not our lifetime? Injury-plagued. Look, Jake, come on. The, the, this is this. The, he's not injury plagued. I know everyone's concerned about. Yeah, but he played two games. Real, is okay. Is that a real concern for you though? Because he played two be. games. That shouldn't be a concern for you. He look. He played two games, and I think in the back of his mind, he was always cautious about waiting for the draft. I mean, I, rest I, on the laurels of that Rose Bowl, really. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I got. I mean, and hey, maybe I'm the idiot. Maybe he gets drafted in the top fifteen or something, and I'm the idiot. But just the Bears, especially, just like. A guy who only played two games paired with the Bears who historically, over the 20-plus years that you and I have both been alive, can't keep guys healthy. That just seems like a match made in the seventh ring of hell to me. Like, I'm sure if he goes somewhere else, he's going to be great and be awesome. If he goes to the Bears, plays three games. Like, that, I just – I can feel it in my bones. I can feel it in my bones. I, I I get it. I, I I that scares the hell out of me, right? The history scares the hell out of me. But yes, as the someone Bears who's have tuned, terrible history in managing injuries. Correct, and you know, not as bad as the Chicago White Sox, but you know, different well, Chicago sports teams. Same same curse. Same, not same, not quite the same. But as someone who's tuned in to Ohio State football. Right, and has a lot of friends who are reporters and those people who are sources and everything. Jake, he could have played in that semifinal game. He 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 could have played against Michigan if he want. He, I mean, come on, like he. I think, and and I don't. I also there's some people who say, well, that's a testament to his character. Why do you want to play? A hamstring injury? I don't know. I, I just I'm not going to look that deep into it. I'm not seeing it as that big of a concern, oh, especially on the Soldier Field. Oh God, it just. Screams disaster. Uh, come on. Okay, Just first screams of all. disaster. That grass looked good last year. The resign they did on that grass was good, and but it's better than field turf. Historically, players are like, oh, this is not great. Soldier Field's terrible to walk out. Like, I'm just – More ACLs I, are torn on field turf, Jake, This this is not grass. an anti. This is not an anti-Jackson Smith and Jigba. It it's just You're a more hater. of oh, – Yes, famously so. But True. it's just more – this guy with an injury history that is documented as he only played as he only played two games last what year. What season? It's not. It's not like an, oh, every year in college he's had a. It's hamstring. the most recent season. Uh, Paired I, I, with the Bears' history of mismanaging injuries, which is the biggest part for me. Okay, fine. I just I, I give, gives me gives me makes my skin crawl. Just just screams to like. Do we not remember, especially soft tissue injuries, Alshon Jeffrey? 
Not mm. that he went on to be some star anywhere else, but time. I mean, he won a Super Bowl with the time. Eagles. But yeah. the ham- fair. Just the hamstring and then the other soft or the <laughs> groin or what have you. It just it, it doesn't sit right with me. This is more of a Bears comment than Justice with a Jigba comment. Okay, okay, fine. You're not a hater anymore. I get it. I respect that. But but I will say, for the sake of this list that is amended because Quentin Johnson could be available for you at nine, Quentin Johnson needs to be emphasized. I mean, this guy is sure. the best wide receiver prospect in the class, and he's a freak. His comp for me is DeAndre Hopkins. That That's his comp, right? He's got the speed to run away from everyone. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he does have the speed to run away from people. He did it in the semifinal game against Michigan. He's done it in a handful of games. His tape is full of that stuff, but he also has the, the hands to make contested catches against anyone. His vertical is ridiculous. You want to talk about athletic players. Well, he might be the most athletic in the class, along with Christian Gonzalez. I mean, this guy is also a freak. I don't think his 40 time really uh, jumped off the board. Uh, let me check his 40 time. I should have had that written down. Um, I'll double check that. But, I mean, th- this he not only to me is the most raw, but he's got the most potential to, to be a superstar in the NFL. I mean, he's 6'3", 208. His, his wingspan well, is I mean, huge. we talked about he this in our last 40. episode. That's right. That, like, Johnson is the the guy who has the best chance to stick as an X receiver on the outside. Yeah. Like we talked about this. Right. And, and I, I just, I, I'm so back and forth on it. Like again, not at nine, not at nine, but if it were 22, I, I just, I just don't know if wide receiver is the right move. I, I just don't know. I'm, I, I agree. Official mock draft is coming out next week. We call that a tease. Uh, Jake and I will reveal our official, you know, full seven round mock drafts that each of us will do. Um, I don't think I'm gonna. I don't think I'm gonna mock a wide receiver to the Bears though. I, I just, I just I, at all. And, oh, oh no no no! Not in the first round. In the first round. Okay. Also, and this goes back to someone in the in the chat who was like, "They're drafting JSN after a trade and then trading Mooney." I, Adam Dobbs, I appreciate you in the comments. That might be one of the worst comments I've ever seen. If they before. trade that, Mooney, that's if they trade people are going to be that real blasphemous. The, I mean, he's going to get the, he's going to get all lines at the score are going to be busy. <laughs> yeah, as as uh, that is that's blasphemous. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and, and here's what I, as much as I was, you know, lauding my Jacksmith and Jigba, his floor is not that high. I, I, if I'm being complete, or sorry, sorry, his ceiling is not that high. His floor is exceptionally high. I mean, the guy can run routes really well, but there's a great chance Jacksonville and Jigba ends up being Jarvis Landry. You know what I mean? Like, he just, he just Ooh, ends up being like a really solid that. player for you. I don't think that's my official comp on him. Makes but a couple pro ends up being really solid for you. You know, a couple Pro Bowls, right? Really effective. I don't hate that, actually. That, that, that sort of seems to be my comp. I think, I think uh, Jarvis Landry was a second rounder, though. Um, but nonetheless, that, that rounds out the list. Um, I think we hit on every. On everyone else that we had there at the bottom, we had, yeah, Nolan Smith, Lucas Van Ness. You made the great point about Nolan Smith. Yeah. Hey, Jake, there's people that. I think when we did our mock draft last week with the simulation of PFF, didn't Nolan Smith go to the Lions at like five? I'm pretty sure. Did he? I'm pretty sure like Nolan Smith, like and PFF is weird. I think he was in the first round. Or maybe the Lions right. had two first round picks, right? I think he went to the second. I think he went to the, the number so 18 overall the Lions. So I might be mistaken. Yeah. But nonetheless, right. Nolan Smith is, is intriguing. Um they have it. Our top ten prospects for the Bears at nine. It's going to be, and then we'll just be wrong. And we'll just be wrong. That's the thing about this, Jake. Is like, I, 
I this might be the draft where I have in history where you really just don't know what's going to happen. A lot of times, I mean, even with the first overall pick, I mean, we Bryce Young has pretty much moved in to be the overall favorite, right? I mean, he's what now, like plus or minus like three fifty now, right? I mean, what are the odds? He, he's he's like far and away the favorite. But after that, I mean, you you have no idea. As far as the whole Jalen Carter situation, right? You know, the wide receiver class right. isn't deep. The cornerback isn't deep. The tackle, like, there's not a lot of dynamite for, for a lot of people, what they would consider super dynamite prospects at each, at the top of each position. You know what I mean? So it's really, I think we're going to get to a point on Thursday and just a little nugget. I'm working at the score on Thursday, so we won't. We've done live draft shows in the past. We won't have a live draft show, but we'll have coverage on Monday. We'll we'll do a full breakdown of every pick. We'll we'll have that for you. We cool. just want a live show on Thursday or Friday, or we'll have it on Friday night, but not Thursday. Um, I I think we're gonna end up sitting there on Thursday, being like, "Holy shit, who could have saw this coming?" That that's what I think is gonna happen. Yeah. So we'll see, man. Eight days away. We'll see you eight days away, and then we'll give our full analysis, full breakdown after the draft. Uh, full disclosure, I'm going to a concert Friday night, so I will not be here, but Kevin and Kellen will have you covered for day two of the draft. And just stick with us. And you know what? I want to do a little social experiment before we end this. Uh, go go, go tweet Shane Reardon and just say, hey, hope you enjoyed Blue Man Group. I just want to see what oh, happens. I know. I know. I just, I, not not me or Kevin. Just you guys, whoever's still watching, whoever's in the comments. Just tweet at Shane Reardon and, and don't say anything about us. Don't. I think it's at Shane. It might be underscore Reardon. Don't say anything about us. Don't say anything about the podcast. Underscore, just say, yeah. hey, it's Shane underscore Reardon. Just tweet a big, hey, hope you enjoyed Blue Man Group or something to that effect. <laughs> don't mention me or Kevin. Don't mention the podcast. I just want to see what happens and see. It's social experiment. A Bears Nation podcast social experiment. Let's do that. All right. This has been Bears Nation podcast. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. We gave you almost 80 minutes today on our big board. Imagine what we're going to do after the draft. We do it for you guys. We love you guys. Go to ONTAP Sportsnet. Read Kevin's article on Christian Gonzalez. Make sure you come back next week for our mock draft and the week after that for our draft reaction. More than anything, tweet Shane Reardon. Hope you enjoyed Blue Man Group. And, of course, thank you guys, as always, for watching and listening. This has been Bears Nation Podcast for myself, for Kevin, and as always, Bear Down.